Well, it's time to share another chapter from the book that I've been writing, Building the Invincible You. This is a draft of chapter 17, and this is all about finding your tribe, finding your community. It's important. Your long-term success and your happiness in life really does depend on finding a group of people who will support you and encourage you and be there for you during your life. And this is Invincible Life. So this is a draft chapter of the book. And if you want to read it, you can go to newsletter.invinciblelife.me. That's .me. This is book chapter, Finding Your Tribe, issue number 21. Yeah, this is an important one. Because can you imagine having friends who don't want to see you succeed? And I'll put friends in air quotes. If you, if you could see me, I'm air quoting friends. Friends that don't want to see you succeed. Well, a friend of mine made a significant career pivot years ago. He also made a big change in his life. He decided he wanted more out of his work and life. So he invested in himself and he went after it. Went after it hard. Since then, he's been very successful. However, he discovered that odd experience that sometimes happens when you change and you grow and you move in a new direction, a new direction in your life. Surprisingly, his old friends wanted to hold him back. They kept trying to drag him back into previous destructive habits. Sadly, he found he had to create a new circle of friends. People who were just as ambitious as he is now. I've experienced this a few times in my life when I made significant career changes. Many of my old acquaintances faded out of my life. Once we no longer had that bond of a shared office or similar work, similar profession, we lost touch. Once I could no longer help people with my position, they did not view me as someone useful. They could leverage to achieve their desired goals. A few of my friends stayed by my side. They were friends with me. Surprise, surprise, me. Not my job title. We've stayed in touch for several years, many, many years, and we catch up when we can. They are also supportive of my new lifestyle and my business and multiple businesses. Surprisingly, a tiny number of people are directly antagonistic. <laughs> it's crazy. They mock my new business and they seem upset about my lifestyle changes. They said I was crazy to throw away all the progress in my previous career, even though I was, I was unhappy at the end. So, like my friend, I had to find a new tribe. I created a new circle of friends and colleagues who were more supportive. I did it because it's so tough to succeed alone. It's really hard. 
And I'm not talking about having business partners or employees. I'm not talking about your boss or your coworkers. That's not who I am thinking of when I talk about community and tribe. Because work is a competitive environment where only a few people can get promoted. So you are competing with your peers, people that may be your friends. You cannot openly share your fear, your uncertainty, and your doubt with colleagues or your direct reports or your team without some sort of repercussions, either immediately or in the long run. It comes back to bite you. Most people, unfortunately, have mediocre bosses or even downright bad ones, toxic bosses. And they aren't exactly supportive and nurturing. I'm talking about finding your professional support network, finding your tribe of people who want to see you succeed, becoming part of a community that wants to help you grow. I have a quote from Seth Godin. A tribe is a group of people connected to one another, connected to a leader, and connected to an idea. For millions of years, human beings have been part of one tribe or another. A group needs only two things to be a tribe. A shared interest and a way to communicate. So, your tribe is a small group of people who provide guidance because many of us are at different points in our journeys. And there are people that are a step ahead of you on the path. People who act as a confidential sounding board for your most important decisions. People who answer your questions, no matter how crazy or basic they might seem. People that support each other in their goals because you're all on similar paths and have ambitions. Folks that will help you with connections and resources. And finally, people who have your best interest in mind and they lift you up when you're feeling discouraged. And there's always a time when you're going to feel down and discouraged. It's normal. It's human. Now, this tribe can't be too large. For example, all of those connections that you have on social media, you know, Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and Reddit and TikTok, that's not going to work well for this purpose. You need a certain degree of intimacy to ensure that people are really committed to helping each other. You want an inner circle that will stay by your side for probably several years, maybe even a lifetime, to cheer on your success and hope for your happiness. Now, this is important because guess what the longest-running study on human happiness uncovered? Do you know what the key is to, quote, a good life? Well, after probably over 80 years by now, 80 years of research, the Harvard Study of Adult Development established a strong correlation between deep relationships and well-being. And I shared a quote from Robert Waldinger. He's a professor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School. The surprising finding is that 
our relationships and how happy we are in our relationships has a powerful influence on our health. Taking care of your body is important, but tending to your relationships is a form of self-care too. That, I think, is the revelation. So these relationships directly contribute to your health, your well-being. I'm guessing you've already experienced the pros and cons of being part of a community, some sort of community, at some point in your life. We've all been a member of one or more communities. But our early experiences with them aren't exactly the same as later experiences with communities that you intentionally choose to join. So don't let those memories dissuade you. Maybe you have fantastically happy memories of all the communities you were part of as a youth. My story is a little different. So I want to talk a little bit about the community experiences that you have in your lifetime. Our early experiences with communities were not entirely under our control. As children, we lived where our parents chose to make our homes. And the surrounding neighborhood became our community. And this was before, in my case, the internet. So your community was the people around you. Most of us also went to schools where we encountered yet another community. So you have your neighborhood community and the kids in your neighborhood, but then school too. And again, we didn't have a lot of choice in this. I mean, perhaps your parents intentionally selected your school and therefore your community of peers to some extent. In my case, our tiny little town of a little over a thousand people had one public school. So no choice for me. My quote community experience wasn't the best. I was a late bloomer. I was a weird kid who loved to daydream. I loved to read. Let's just say at that point in my life, I wasn't very athletic. <laughs> Small for my age. I mean, I won't go into the details, but let's just say bullying and a lot of after-school fights played a significant role in my young life. Yeah, lots of fun. Later in life, if you're like me, you probably selected your college or university for your advanced education. Although you couldn't choose which students attended classes with you, you could form your own circles of friends and study groups and probably people you lived with in the dorms or fraternities, sororities, apartments, whatever. Now, I hope you did a better job of this than I did. I initially made some big mistakes in forming my tribe at the university. Let's just say not the most ambitious folks. Made some big mistakes, and it, it impacted my uh, academic career for a few years. I finally got it right later, but it took a lot of work to reverse that disaster. When you start working for employers, this is after you graduate, you start working in your given profession, whatever that might be, you discover that once again, you're not in full control of your community of peers and coworkers. You don't get to hire everybody that works with you. People are already there. You don't get to control that, but you do have to make the best of it. Sometimes it works out. 
but sometimes it can lead you astray if you join a tribe of people with goals that aren't completely aligned with yours. In the old days, it was a bit more challenging to find a great community, a professional community, outside of work. Now, the internet has made that a lot easier, so much easier. Tightly focused global communities are discoverable right at your fingertips. Perhaps this introduces a new challenge that makes it difficult in a different way. There are thousands and thousands of communities, in some cases millions, scattered across hundreds of platforms. It's overwhelming. You may have to explore a bit and try a few before you find one that meets your needs. But as you may have heard or read in a conversation I had with Sam Sycamore, this was on uh, Invincible Career, newsletter.invinciblecareer.com, both the newsletter and the podcast. When I talked with him, we were discussing this and joining and engaging with the right community can make all the difference in your professional life and career. Made a huge difference for him. He transformed his life and his profession. So I want to talk a little bit about how community helps you. Maybe you already have thoughts about this. Maybe you're wondering, why? Why do I need a community? So they've done a survey of community members across various platforms. And what the folks said was that their communities empower them in the following ways. 76% said, really helpful for asking questions. It's a place to ask questions. Makes a lot of sense. 68% said, providing solutions. So, possibly providing solutions to help other people or getting solutions for their own problems. 65% said, it's just about connecting. You know, building those relationships. Having a human connection. 61% said, it's about being heard. That's important. So many times we feel like we're just not heard. It's nice to have somebody understand where we're coming from. And somewhat related, 60% said feeling seen. So being heard and being seen. Another quote from Seth Godin. This is from his TED Talk. If you haven't watched this, it's called The Tribes We Lead. It's a good one. He said, you just need a few people who will look at the rules, realize they make no sense, and realize how much they want to be connected. And that's about a tribe. And the tribe, that's the difference, is that it is a small subset of people that are thinking differently about something. Otherwise, it would be the masses. It would be billions of us all thinking the same way and connected, but we are different. And how can a community make a difference in your life, both professionally and personally? Well, believe me, it is very different than the group of people you've probably let into your social media circles. And of course, there may be some overlap, but the tighter focus and intentionality of a community or a tribe is uniquely valuable. You share similar goals and are committed to helping each other achieve them. That's different than the people you're connected with on social media. You often share similar career paths too. 
So people who are further along can help you with advice, guidance, feedback, resources, connections, and more. That happens all the time in my Invincible Career community. People make introductions. They help people get jobs. You have a shared agenda. That's the point of a community. It's kind of on the table. We know what we're trying to accomplish for each other. And that's different than the hidden agendas that often exist at work. The people in your tribe aren't competing with you. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? They want to see you succeed. You don't have people in your community like, oh, I'm in competition with you for that promotion. And boy, oh boy, I'm going to stab you in the back. It's like, it's not about that at all. You agree to confidentiality or you should. Where else can you share your innermost professional worries and fears and secrets with people you trust? When do you get to do that? That's part of what I do as a coach. People come to me and share stuff. They just feel like they can't share with anyone else. I know that I could never safely share everything with my boss or my colleagues. I had that bite me a few times. My team didn't need to hear when I was worried or nervous, like about the company or a reorg. They need some st- a sense of stability and some calm that you're supposed to provide as a leader. My wife got really tired of hearing about work drama. It's like, oh, okay, okay, I get it. You know what? Your community is always there to listen. Always. You don't have to worry about looking stupid and asking silly questions. A good community, a great community is supportive and understanding. You can depend on your community to hold you accountable. This is a big one. Hold you accountable for chasing your dreams and achieving your goals. They will help you stay on track. So many people fail in accomplishing their goals. And I just talked about that in my Invincible Career Community. Because no one's holding them accountable. No one's checking in and they just let it slide. They take care of their own needs last. They're too busy with work and family and other things. And no one's helping to hold you accountable to get after it, to accomplish those goals that are so important to you. And then finally, your community will lift you up when you're feeling down. The concept of supporting each other, that's a consistent theme in my career community. I mean, work is hard. Work's hard, right? Job interviews, a lot of people are going through them. They're very stressful. People lose confidence in themselves. They get depressed sometimes. So we lift people up. We do it in our Slack channels. We do it in our live calls. We do Zoom calls. We encourage each other. We help people believe in themselves again. So I want to talk a little bit about my first business. I've talked about this in my Invincible Solopreneurs community and newsletter. But when I launched my first solopreneur business, I was lucky. I was surrounded by a team of consultants. At the time, they were very entrepreneurial. We were all working together. They encouraged me and they talked me through my worries and fears. I was just transitioning from being an employee to being a solopreneur. And I had a family to support. I was the sole source of income for my family of uh, four. had two little ones. There were so many things I didn't know. 
about starting and operating a business. There were so many mistakes I would have made if it wasn't for my community. They showed me the ropes and they helped me navigate the complexity of working for myself for the first time. That was decades ago. And I'm still friends with many of those people today. The bonds we formed were that strong. We've continued to help each other over the years by making introductions, sending work to each other, coaching each other, and more. I also credit my strong entrepreneurial community and tech community with helping me succeed with my second solopreneurial business. I mean, my network, my community has made all the difference in the world. Now I want to share a story. It's not so happy. (laughs) It's about my third business and the lack of community. I mean, yes, We all have skills and experience in our professions, but if you've never operated your own business, you don't have all the knowledge and wisdom you need to succeed yet. So if you haven't done that, it doesn't matter how good you are in your profession. I mean, it helps, but you really need to learn a lot more about operating a business. When I launched my third business several years ago, it was a tech startup, and it was very different than my first and second businesses. I was a solopreneur with those past businesses. This time, with my startup, I had co-founders and I had employees. And we raised money from investors. Unfortunately, this time, I didn't have the same close community to guide me. I should have connected with other founders who could have helped me avoid mistakes, improve my odds of success, and not feel so damn lonely. When I was struggling and running a startup is, it can be lonely. The internet is a wonderful thing and a great deal of information you need is online. Yeah, but there's just so much information overload. Plus, there's a big difference between theory and practice and between knowledge and wisdom. I wish I'd either found or created my community at that time, but I didn't. And my startup eventually failed. It can feel overwhelming. Running a business can feel scary, but it doesn't have to be that way. So I want to talk about finding your community. I mean, when I was younger, I thought I could go it alone. I mean, I'm so introverted that it was natural for me. I always tried to go alone. However, as I grow older, I'm seeing how valuable community is. And I regret... I didn't start cultivating communities until later in life. So don't make the same mistake I did. Maybe you're already good at this. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're a bit introverted like I am. And having a strong community is also personally beneficial. It's not just professional. You'll discover that your emotional well-being improves when you know your community is always there for you and there to support you. If you're lucky you may be able to connect with local people who can help support you in your journey. For example, there is a small group of business owners in my nearby town. And I used to meet with them. However, many of us are finding our tribes online now. So here are some of the most popular resources for finding a community. I'm just going to run through these. Of course, there are more. 
Uh, there's Mighty Networks, and I included some links to all this stuff. So there are links if you go to newsletter.invinciblelife.me. This is book chapter Finding Your Tribe, issue number 21. So yeah, it's going to be a lot easier to follow these links if you go to this online version in the newsletter. So Mighty Networks, which is a platform, and you can use it to search for communities of of interest. Slack, big one. Many of you probably use Slack for work. I host one of my communities on Slack, and I have joined a few others on Slack. I included some uh, resources that have lists of other communities, like thousands of them, public database of Slack communities. And you can also get invited to a private Slack team if you know the person who runs it. They can send you a direct invite, even if it's not listed somewhere. Another platform, Circle. I've joined a few communities on Circle. And Circle has its own community that you can join. But you can find lots of the groups that are hosted there. I included a link to that. Discord. If you're a gamer, you're well aware of Discord. If you're a young person, probably as well. My family uses it, so we stay in touch. We're all over the place. My kids are scattered all over the country. And uh, we use Discord to talk with each other and share photos and stuff. And I host another one of my communities on Discord, so not just Slack. They have public servers where you can search to find something that matches your interest. And much like Slack, you can get invited to a private server if you know who runs it. LinkedIn Groups. Uh, LinkedIn has millions of groups, well over 2 million groups. I I think I saw last time and you can search and browse those. I've joined a few of them, uh, Reddit, obviously, but you have to find the right subreddit that meets your needs. Just Reddit in general is, is not going to be, uh, the solution for community, but you can start by browsing popular subreddits and then you can search using a keyword, of course, like find design subreddits. Um, I've mentioned Geneva in the past. You can test that out. It's a new service and it's showing some promise, but that's a a new platform. Good old Facebook groups. Wow. Millions and millions of groups on Facebook. So it's pretty easy to search and browse, probably find something that matches your interest. I used to use Facebook for my groups. Uh, I don't anymore. I have some mixed feelings about Facebook. And then of course there's so many more. Oh, why? Um, I think I included a link to a page on Wikipedia that has tons and tons of virtual communities and platforms. It's always being updated. Now, if you can't find a community that feels like a great fit for you, if it doesn't feel like the tribe you're seeking, you may need to build your own, just like I have. So I want to talk a little bit about creating communities. So all those platforms that I mentioned, you can also use them to create your own community. Uh, I'm building a new community on Discord, for example. I'm going to be putting my Invincible Solopreneurs community up there. If you're already comfortable with something, you know it really well, that's probably a good place to start. Um, I don't know. I got a little frustrated as a solopreneur and as an independent uh, business owner. I moved out of the Bay Area. I'm now living in a more rural part of California, so there's not as many entrepreneurial communities and groups, (laughs) as you can imagine. Uh, And even the ones I found were very focused on tech startup founders. And I'm not trying to do that anymore. I'm not trying to create the next billion-dollar startup. 
So they don't quite fit who I am or what my business is. And the people I met locally had very different backgrounds from me. And they were building really, really different businesses. You know, one was had a winery and a vineyard. So that's quite different than a career coaching business that I was running. So I was I was pretty frustrated. And finally, I just said, hey, you know, if the perfect community doesn't exist, I'm just going to create one. And I did. So I launched my Invincible Career Community on Slack many years ago. I've been very careful about the membership. It's full of people who are ambitious about their careers. They're seeking professional development challenges. They're looking for opportunities. They want support. They want help. And I built it because I wanted to give others what I wished I'd had during my corporate life, a supportive group of helpful professionals with no hidden agenda. That's the key. Uh, We don't allow jerks to join the community. I've had to kick a few people out. I'm happy to say that everyone is friendly, they're helpful, and they're very supportive. We push each other to grow, to achieve our goals. We celebrate each other's successes every Friday. And we commiserate when someone experiences a failure. And we've had some people get laid off recently. And that's also why I'm creating my new community for solopreneurs. I want to create a similar supportive environment, but this is for people who are ready to break free of their nine to five jobs. They want to start their own businesses, but they're not really sure where to begin. So they want this community of peers and more experienced folks to help ensure their success. So if you can't find what you're looking for, can't find something to join, create your own community. There are so many options available There are so many pros and cons of each. Some are free, for example. Some require a monthly subscription fee to use the service to host your community. Some have a per-member charge, which gets really expensive real fast if your community grows. If you're going to ask and do this Google search, what is the best community software solution? You're going to receive dozens of conflicting recommendations. People have very strong opinions They have a lot of love-hate feelings for each platform. Some of the issues to consider cost. Some are free, some are not. Some are kind of affordable. Some get way too expensive too fast. The features that each one has, you know, if you want to be able to share files and have chat and so forth. Integrations with other services. So can you integrate it with an email platform, things like that, integrate it with Zoom. The flexibility. Like how easy is it going to be to scale and and have the platform meet your needs, the performance? I've discovered, sadly, especially when you look at the mobile app, some are way faster and snappier than the others are. Uh, How good is, is their mobile support? Do they have a native app? Are they good with security? How about privacy? That's a concern with Facebook. I just whispered that because I don't want Facebook to hear me. Uh, Portability. That's a big one. Can you move your community to a different platform later if you want to? Uh, I linked a blog post from Thinkific. They had some good alternatives that they recommended to Facebook groups. I think that's a good read for you if you're curious and want to learn about the pros and cons. What I'm going to say, if you don't have a strong preference already, I'm going to recommend that you try Slack or Discord first. Uh, I shared another link to an article that compares and contrasts those two platforms. They both have free versions that you know have limited features. 
it can give you a taste of building and running a community before you commit to paying for a service. I think that's important. It's not fun to pay for stuff that you don't know if it's going to work out. And yeah, later you can always migrate to a different platform. Um, I know we're running out of time in this book chapter reading. Um, I had some stuff about handling membership. Do you want to be public, a public community that anyone can join? Or do you want to be private, invite only? Do you want it to be unlisted or do you want it to be discoverable? Those are going to impact how quickly your community grows. It's going to change how large it becomes most likely. Some of the Facebook groups are massive. It's going to also impact the culture and behavior within your community. You got to be careful about that. You're going to want to clearly define the rules of the community, standards of conduct, and the consequences for violating the rules. Uh, I recommended a book. It's called The Art of Community, Seven Principles for Belongings by Charles H. Vogel. It's great. It is a great guide. has some timeless principles that are going to help you build a supportive and inclusive community that has a strong sense of purpose. That's important too. So I want to leave you with one final thought for uh, this chapter. And that's try before you buy. And what I mean by this is that you should join a few communities and get a feel for them long before you consider building your own. I was a member of other communities for many, many years and learned a great deal about how to operate them, the issues that you face as an owner and moderator, what works, what doesn't work, pitfalls that I'd want to avoid in my community. I learned a lot from doing that. And running a community is hard work. Most communities fail. As you probably have learned in your life, many of them fail and shut down. So learn from the thriving communities. Learn what to avoid in the failing communities. And the good news is you can, you can be both. You can be a community owner and a member of several communities. Not, it's not an either or. You don't have to be, oh, I have my own community, therefore I can no longer be in a community. Of course you can. I am. I run my own communities and I'm also a member in many other communities. Each one serves different needs. They serve different purposes. I'm also in local groups in the physical world. You could join local communities and have virtual communities online. And as I said in the beginning, your success, your professional success, really does depend on finding your community of like-minded people. It's also personally beneficial. That research that was done at Harvard, it's going to help ensure a long and healthy and happy life for you. You're going to discover that your emotional well-being improves when you know that your friends in the community have your back. They're always there for you, and they're always ready to cheer you on. So that's it for this chapter. Um, Thanks for listening. If you want to go to newsletter.invinciblelife.me, you can read it and have access to those links. You could also subscribe. That way you can get the draft chapters in your email inbox as I complete them. So I hope you enjoyed that, and I'm looking forward to releasing another chapter soon. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck with pursuing the life of your dreams so you can be happier, healthier, and more fulfilled.